This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's 800-259-9231. Joining us in the studio tonight, we do have a uh, special guest host. You may know him from the uh, forums online as Mengerfan, but in real life, he's Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Good evening, everyone. Oh, got to get real close on that microphone, like almost kiss it. Try that again. Good evening. That's better. Right. And, uh, of course, Mark's here, as he always is. As I always are. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and we're going to go right into your phone calls here to start things out. Let's talk to Wallbound in North Carolina. Wallbound, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Uh... I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Ron Paul's still in the race, correct, guys? Yeah. As far as I know, yes. So why is it when I turn on my television and I watch Fox and I watch CNN and I watch MSNBC, why do I only see three candidates? Well, because uh, basically they have said that uh, John McCain has pretty much sewn up the nomination I don't pretend to know much about how this whole political thing works, but from what I understand, there's this convention that they have, and you get delegates assigned to you based on how many votes you got in the primary, so John McCain has got like 20 times the delegates as Ron Paul. So essentially, presuming John McCain makes it to the convention and doesn't have a heart attack, he'll probably get the nomination from, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a sure thing that he'll get the nomination from the Republicans. Is that how you understand it, Mark? Uh, am I close on this? Yeah, pretty accurate. So, does that make sense to you? Yeah, well, it's, just, it's, it's upsetting that you see the television going on and on and on and on about Hillary should drop out, she should do this, she should do that, and there's not even a mention. The reason people don't know who Ron Paul is because you've not seen any advertisements, you've not seen really on any of the TV, so I don't know. But I'd just like to point out that uh, John McCain, Paula called in last night or a couple of weeks ago or something like that about John McCain not being born a sovereign citizen of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, if he was born on a military base, that is um, more so or less sovereign nation to the United States. It's kind of like an embassy. So uh, you're saying it does qualify then and it he does would qualify, qualify. yes. My, my brother was born on a military base yeah, and it he would is seem, a United States citizen. It would, it would seem to me that uh, it would be... Uh, unfair to that a guy happened to be born on a military base in the United States as opposed to a guy born in a military base elsewhere just because his father or mother were deployed that he should not then be able to be the president of the United States. Right. That, that won't work, but uh, uh, I don't know about Hillary now. I know that if they, would, they, they won't let um, I'll be back be president, then uh, they might fly with her, and I'd kind of be happy with that one. Very good, Wallbound. Thank, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So the media will use any excuse it can to not cover Ron Paul. I mean, we certainly saw that when he was more of a contender uh, that they they tried to marginalize and ignore him as much as possible. And now that he, by all accounts, is not much of a contender anymore, that, that there is no chance that he could possibly get the nomination then they see no reason whatsoever to give him any coverage. Though he has been appearing on the occasional news show uh, simply to comment on economic matters. I, I think that he's he's been making the rounds to some extent simply because right. what he says about the dollar is absolutely true, and some people are just starting to figure that out. 
I, uh, I, I do think that that's one of the really valuable things about the campaign is that uh, Ron Paul got a lot more exposure that, you know, no one had ever heard of him before. Now, most people haven't heard of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, but he is he's making the rounds on the cable news networks. And I think that that in and of itself is great. So I'm I'm happy with the amount of money that I put towards the campaign. I, I'm reasonably reasonably happy with how the campaign was prosecuted. You know, I, I, OK, but uh, the, the results are good. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line. I mentioned an email last night that we didn't have a chance to get to, so I wanted to share at least a portion of it here. It's from Christina. She says, I just started listening to your show a while back, and after hearing you guys talk about all the problems with government schools, I thought I would tell my story. She says that, uh, basically, I graduated from high school not so long ago, diploma and all, but with what? About a fifth-grade education, severe depression, and experiences I have yet to get over. So how did this come to be? I was a normal kid. I loved school. And I'd been at the top of my class. Even when I was young, I dreamed of going to a college and being successful. I never got into trouble at school, stayed away from drugs, never talked back to adults or any of that. Sounds like she was a model student. Sounds fine to me. The system is uh, looking to turn out. I should have been fine, and nothing should have happened. But it did. It started with my history teacher in junior high. You see, he had a tendency to sexually harass the female students in his classes. He would make sexual comments to the girls. If they were, for instance, any wearing skirts, he would drop an assignment he was passing out on the ground and then slowly glance up their skirts as he got up. Classy. How old? um, What what grade was this? I'm sorry. Junior high. So that would be middle school. Anyway, uh, and she says he would also do various other things. Most kids knew about this particular teacher, and many girls had gone to the principal and the school counselor to tell them about it, but they never did anything. When it started to happen to me, I had a hard time with it, and I also went to the school counselors and was told, well, we've gotten a lot of complaints, we'll look into it. But they never did. When he held me after class one day and said he was going to have to ask me to search my backpack, I got worried. There was no reason why he should do that. He did so slowly and started looking at me where he shouldn't, then proceeded to ask me about my clothing sizes, and he said he could buy me some new clothes that he thought would look great on me. How bizarre. Pretty creepy situation here. Uh, After that, she says, I was too embarrassed to come to his classes. I was afraid of being caught skipping his class, and I'd never done so before, meaning she'd never skipped class before. So I just started staying home altogether a lot, saying I was sick. My mother had let me at the time, but the problem is neither of us knew how strict the school was with their truancy policy. Mm. As you can guess, after a while, I got summoned to truancy court. And when I was there, they put me in handcuffs. Is there there's such thing as truancy court? What, uh, what, what is this? I, I doubt she's making this up. I mean, there there are laws out there, Mark, that say that parents who don't have their kids registered in a government-approved private school or in some sort of government-approved homeschooling situation are in violation of whatever the truancy law is, and the parents can be can be jailed uh, hmm. for not sending their kids to school. In fact, she says that uh, not only was she put in handcuffs in the truancy court, the judge told my parents and I that he could send them to jail for not making me go to school. I got a fine and was sentenced to 50 hours of community service. And if that wasn't bad enough, the judge gave me an ultimatum. Either I spend a few weeks in a juvenile detention center, or I can choose to go to an alternative school program instead. 
Now she says, "I don't Doesn't know." Doesn't sound like much of a choice. She says, "I don't know about much about you. I don't know about you, but at that moment, being in handcuffs for the first time in my life and being just 13 years old, never having gotten into trouble before, there I am in court like a criminal, being told I can go to some jail-like place or this other school program. I was so terrified, and I didn't know any better, so I chose the latter." And that's how I ended up in one of those special schools that people hear about. They hear about the schools and they think mainly they're for kids with problems or they're for troublemakers. Or perhaps they have that's some how I ended up there. I was a troublemaker. Disability. But to tell you the truth, the one I was in, a lot of them were just normal kids like I was who somehow got screwed over by the system. She says, once I was in the school, I was never able to get out and go to a normal school again. They said I was in there for a reason that they couldn't trust me in a regular school again and that I needed a special environment, otherwise I wouldn't have been there. So much for learning, the school didn't have any curriculum above a fifth grade level. I was never able to advance, and during this period of time I'd gone through so much, I was put in handcuffs at this place many times and hauled off to some youth center in a police car. What for, you might wonder? What could I have done for them to send two policemen after me so many times and take me off in handcuffs? Once was during a sex education class. My parents never signed the slip, giving their consent. They told me all I had to do was let the school know that they didn't want me in that class, and I'd be okay. However, the school wouldn't accept this, and when I told them this, instantly I was told I was talking back, and that that wasn't accepted. When I tried to explain to them, saying if they would just call my parents, that was too much, and they said that I, since I wasn't able to comply, I would have to go. And that was the first time. A little bit more about her story here and how a regular kid who, by all accounts, was not a bad kid, ended up in the bad kid school and ended up just on the outside, on the outskirts of the system. And she she says she's been damaged by all this. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. Joining us also tonight. And Osborne. And Mark. I guess you're going by Osborne. Uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI sitting in. Uh, visiting the wonderful state of New Hampshire. Yeah, checking Not- out uh, different places today. To uh, you know, a couple of uh, saw a house and um, you know toured the state. More like a farm. They had uh, facilities for milking cows. And yeah, keeping pigs. Well, chickens. New Hampshire. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so of course, good to have you here. Uh, we will continue here with your phone calls in a moment. Just want to finish this email from Christina talking about. Uh, how she says her life was ruined by the government school system, says she a, was a good kid, never did anything wrong, but at one point there was one particular teacher in her junior high class that was, well, being a little too sexual towards her and her friends. She decided that she didn't want to go back, and as a result of that, they then threatened her and her parents. Uh, they threatened her parents with jail time, and they told her that she either had to go to a juvie, juvenile detention facility or she would have to go to the special school. Uh, so she went to the uh, the troubled kids school, and that's where the trouble continued. Because once you're in the troubled kids school, they figure you have a reason to be there, so you can't leave the troubled kids school. Uh, and then this, they turn you into a troubled kid. Well, that's what she's saying here. Uh, she said that they uh, they came and they put handcuffs on her a number of times for just nonsense. Uh, she, apparently, Pokemon was also against the rules, so she got in trouble for that too. And and she goes on to talk about how uh, she, she says, finally, after I was old enough to graduate, she said, I went through this all the way up until that point. And since it was a special school, it didn't matter what kind of education I had. I just got a diploma. 
meaning that, she, as she said before, she didn't get what she considered above a fifth-grade education. And my life afterwards was pretty screwed. You can't do too much with such a low education, so much for the successful life I always imagined, so much for getting into a great college or university. I once used to be at the top of my class with dreams and ambitions, and now here I am with nothing. With all my experiences, with things that happened, I have a bad case of depression. All those years are gone, and I can't make them up. None of it should have happened, but there's not much I can do, and I know I'm not the only one. In fact, it hasn't been long since I've graduated. That school is still there, and not so long ago I saw a kid being escorted out in handcuffs while driving by. In a desperate attempt Bizarre. To- Kids being taken out of school in handcuffs. This just strange to me. In a desperate attempt to do something about the situation and that school, I thought to talk to the head of the local school district. But, what do you know, the lady who was the principal of the school when I went there is now the head of the school district. So much for that. From Danielle. I think that the thing I don't... I mean, obviously the story here is sad, and the government school system is despicable, and the idea that people should be forced to go to this government school system is, is awful. Uh, but I don't think that she should. I understand that school at this point. She she sounds like she's fresh out of high school. So I understand that all her life has been government school. Right. All of her conscious knowing life has been this experience of governmental school. I don't think that you should create sort of this self fulfilling prophecy that uh, you know you're not going to be able to have a good life. Uh, I think that's nonsense personally. Yeah, I, I, that, that's where I was going to chime in too. Um, you know, high school, inconsequential to life. I, you know, I mean, that that's just the, the truth of it. But I that's not what they tell you. And it, so she's been she's been told that you need to have this high school diploma right. in order... Uh, I was thinking about it uh, earlier today or yesterday. I can't remember which. Uh, it all blends together. Um, but, but, you know, a, a high school diploma really is useful. Parents don't want to hear me say this to their kids out there. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I think education is useless... I think education is very useful, but um, a high school diploma, whether it's from a government school or from a private school, is such a non uh, like it's such a non achievement that doesn't really matter. If you were to uh, decide in tenth grade, you know, I think I'd like to go to college now. You could take your GED and go right on to college uh, at the community school. You probably wouldn't be able to get into a top rated university doing something like that. I suppose a high school diploma is necessary for getting into a big, fancy university. However, I would not recommend that most students go directly to university anyway. Sure. I think that uh, community uh, college is probably the way to go if you're going to do college at all. And I think that most kids that go to college don't use that degree, and it's of no use, um, you know, their college degree, and it's of no use for, to them anyway. I've seen it over and over again with Edu- my friends. Education is good, but I'm educated I never made it through college. I've educated myself through reading. I, you know, I read voraciously. I read a great deal, um, and and so I, I think that kids can uh, are told about this high school diploma as though this is the panacea. This is the thing that's going to solve everything. Mm-hmm. Your high school diploma is not going to make you any money in this world. Now, yes, I'll bet you that people that with high school diplomas make more money than people without. But that's chickens and eggs. Okay, um, is it that uh, you know? Is it that uh, people that make more money? get high school diplomas or is it that people with high school diplomas make more money i, I think that i think it's the uh, the former that in fact that people that make more money get high school diplomas simply because they're the kind of people that are driven to to do these things they complete their tasks i think completing tasks is good so you know maybe completing high school would be good for you i'm not saying it's not but what well, she i am has saying a is, diploma yeah it's you know it, it's just not that not that big of a deal what went on 
um, you know, I know it's, I, I know it's, it was a bad experience. Absolutely. Maybe, Mark, maybe uh, beyond the fact that, you know, what you're suggesting is that th- certain people that don't have high school diplomas would be less likely to be motivated. Perhaps there's also a factor to where they are programmed to believe that they can't be successful. It's what I think you're hearing and what Christina is saying here, programmed to believe they can't be successful. And if you believe you can't be successful, odds are really stacked against you as far as whether or not you're actually going to be successful. So uh, she, I think, believes she's in this paradigm, this sort of typical paradigm that in order to be successful in America, you must graduate high school, go to college, get a college diploma, and then you can finally make it. And there are plenty of instances and examples of cases where that's just not necessary, or uh, there have been some tremendously successful people that have not gotten a, a, a college diploma. Some, I believe, Dave Thomas from Wendy's, I don't think he even finished high school. You well, know, the Wendy's commercials, the guy's dead now, but Dave Thomas, he's he made it. He he was huge. I mean, the, Wendy's, he did he did all that with less than a high school education. So I, Dave's trotted out a great deal um, in this particular instance, but Dave's uh, so old he's dead, right? Uh, so he's not the he, he's from a different yeah, generation. But people still know Wendy's. They still sure. know Wendy's. He's he's from a different generation. But Bill Gates dropped willing, out of college. I'm willing to tell you right now. I'm I'm I consider myself to be doing just fine. I. Finished high school from one of those special schools. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I went to prison and uh, I, you know, took some college courses while I was there and took some college courses when I got out. Decided I didn't like the uh, business model behind college and, and didn't go anywhere with it. I went to two years of community college and I wish I could have my time back. It didn't do anything for me. I had to unlearn some of the stuff I learned at community college. It didn't get me my job when I was in radio. Never was a factor that I had a an associate's degree in radio and television broadcasting. Never once was that a factor in me getting a job in uh, in radio. That, because nobody in radio has one of those. I mean, <laughs> you know, radio is about, uh, especially talk shows, it's about talent. It has nothing to do with uh, having gone to school for it. And success is more about your mindset, I think, than anything else. It really is. And your drive and you know, move, deciding what you want and, and moving towards that. But if you've decided that you can't have success, if you've decided that, oh, well, my life has been ruined by government high school, then you're done for. Yep. So change that mentality and you know, try to be more positive about things. Jason would love your comments here as the one man sitting at the table who has gone to college. Right. A lot of it doesn't do you any good. 800-259-9231. We'll find out what uh, your... I don't even know what you majored in, so maybe I want to find out if it's even relating to what you're doing today. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Those features, by the way, include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Uh, So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Does your family think your beliefs are crazy? Do you experience a nagging sense of worry that the world is becoming less free? Do you feel withdrawn or politically alienated from liberal and conservative friends? You're not alone. 
Statism hurts. IHS summer seminars can help. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information on a happier future. That's libertarianseminars.com. 800-259-9231. If you want to call in and share your educational experience with us, did you find that college was it for you? Are you using your college degree today if you are someone who has one of them? Uh, we're, we're reading an email. What started all this was an email from Danielle. She sounds like she's fresh out of uh, the government school system, and boy, did it do some damage to her. Uh, she was sent to a special school because she was skipping class. As a result, the reason why she was skipping class was because her teacher was sexually harassing her. They didn't fire the teacher. They sent her to a special school where she continued to be abused by the system. And now she's chalking up all of her depression and her problems to her experience in the government school. And I think that the main message I want to get across to her is that just because you had a bad last 12 years or however long it's been. Right. And I don't want to minimize that that was true. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to have a bad life. It doesn't mean you have to be depressed. It doesn't right. mean you have to be unsuccessful. It doesn't mean you have to be a loser. Not at all. They they lie to you. I mean, they tell you over and over again when you're in the government school system that you've got to get your diploma, and then you've got to go to college if you want to be successful, and it's just nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense, because um, the one thing about a diploma is it. my diploma is good for nothing other than me being able to check a box on a, an employment application, which which I haven't put, uh, entered one in years, mm-hmm. um, uh, check a box on an employment application saying, yes, I have a high school diploma. Now, what would stop me from checking that box if I didn't have one? Certainly it wouldn't be the uh, the pre-algebra class that was required for graduation <laughs> considering I took trigonometry. Uh, you know, I, it, being one credit shy or whatever, I, I, you know, it's, it, it, it just doesn't... It doesn't make a difference. Now, it's easy for us to sit here and say, Mark, well, we didn't need college for our lives, and we didn't. We're, um, I don't know, successful-ish. But We're certainly on the road. I mean, you know. There's a man who's sitting here in the studio. Osborne's here with us. He is the uh, the man behind SACL CAI, and uh, arguably far more successful than the both of us combined. He's, he's what's making Free Talk Live successful now. He, he did go to, he's our prime sponsor, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he did go to college. In fact, you went to uh, graduate school in addition to college, so you really went through a lot of schooling. Uh, and you said right before we went to break that, what did you say, it wasn't worth it? or It what? depends. It depends on what you're interested in. I, I say treat it as a consumption good and not an investment good. If your idea is to make a lot of money and be successful in life, uh, college is a waste of your time. If, on the other hand, you have someone else to pay for it for you, and you're not paying out of your own pocket or your parents' pockets, then uh, by all means, go and enjoy yourself. You can meet a lot of cool people and uh, spend time with professors and engaging in intellectual activities, and it's a good time. So, how, so you mean like a, a, a fund, a scholarship fund or a, um, you know, exactly. something like R- that? Rich donors who uh, have Parents. it in their mind that they want to see you um, enjoy that particular lifestyle for four years. Is that how it was for you, or did you pay for yourself? I absolutely did not pay for it myself. Okay, so how has it helped you in your career as a collections guy? Uh, absolutely not whatsoever. <laughs> so, you're, so you're making lots of money, you drive a Porsche, you live in a giant house, and you think your, your uh, Ph.D. is uh, of, of no value. Yeah, I don't know about lots of money, but uh, I, I definitely do not use the Ph.D. on a daily basis. But what it did uh, buy me was uh, four or more years of hanging out with uh, really cool people that I still keep in contact with, and uh, it has created a, a network uh, for me, and I also met my wife in college, so... 
Okay. Well, it, it, the, the networking um, part is cool, but it, you know, as 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 far as making money, is it valuable? The the, the networking part. Uh, not at this point, but that's not to say that it, it could it be, could be for someone uh, at some point. But you can meet people outside of college. I mean, there are other ways to network, in, especially in the business world. I mean, Mark, you used to be uh, belong to the Young Professionals Group uh, back in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. That essentially was nothing but networking, right. was it not? The, the same with Rotary, um, which I belong to. And, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the Rotary for networking, <laughs> at least uh, for young professionals, simply because yeah, old guys, it right? was a lot of old guys. Um, and it... You know, it, it, they, they, yeah, those are old guys who are going to vacate positions and die very soon. That's true. That is true. true. So there you go. Uh, you heard it from uh, a guy who's been who's spent a good chunk of his life in uh, in school. It has not helped one iota with being successful in, and running a business. And that's not what they teach you in college, right? I understand they have business classes, but for the most part, they don't teach entrepreneurship, do they? They don't teach how to be successful. They just teach how to plug yourself into some corporate environment, uh, how to get a job and, you know, keep that job and, and uh, you know, advance up through the ladder at, at most, right? right? I mean, if these people knew how to be entrepreneurs and be successful, they'd they would be doing do- it. They wouldn't be teaching classes. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, and, and exactly. Uh, if you're in college, you're spending time in college. If you want to go out and, and start your own business, why spend four years in college paying someone else to tell you what to do when you could take that money that you would have spent on college and start your own business with it? Right. My my wife has a bachelor's in uh, some some kind of psychology that um, you know she's qualified to be a uh, a drug treatment counselor. I, I think substance abuse. I think is what her uh, uh, particular degree is in. And she certainly had a degree in that, and it paid very poorly when we met. Uh, or excuse me, had a career in that, and it paid very poorly when we met. And and now she's a, a stay-at-home mom, and and likely will do that for quite some time. So mm-hmm. I I have the distinct pleasure of paying off her uh, college. Oh, how nice! I never went. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to share your story, she's with... well worth it, mind you. But um, however, the deg- the degree, mm, not so much. Not so much. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So Christina or. Da- I... I'm confused, actually. It's Danielle's how she signed it. The email came from Christina. Anyway, Danielle or Christina, whatever your name is, uh, and to anyone out there who perhaps did not go to college and is feeling bummed out about it, you've been just, you've been propagandized. That's it and that's all. I think a lot of the people that don't graduate high school or don't go to college, they just tell themselves a story about how, well, I can't be successful now. And then, voila, you aren't successful. Yep. Self-fulfilling prophecy is what they call it in psychology. College does not mean success. I guess that's you know that that's what I'm trying to see, say here is that a high school diploma in and of itself does not mean success. Is it uh, a, a good thing? Yeah, maybe depending on the the circumstances. Um, maybe if you didn't get it, I, I wouldn't go rushing off to get one. Maybe a GED would be worth the time um, to, to invest in. Certainly, educating yourself, self-education is very valuable, but. You know, when it comes to to college, I often think I'd like to go back to college to get a uh, degree in history or economics or both. But, but only because you only for fun, right? Right, right. Because I like those things. But really, the uh, the question is, why do I want that? A, I can tell you first off because I want to go to the history class and I want to argue with the history professor <laughs> about uh, you know what his belief of history is, yeah. and the economics professor as to what their beliefs in economics are. Um, so, you know, I'm already reasonably educated in these For these all fields. you know, though, they might just have a lecture class where no questions are allowed to be asked. They may very well have that. And, and so, I, 
I know that uh, th- th- this I mean, won't help me. If I want to learn about economics, I can do go so online. with the multiple yeah, lots of books. I prefer to read a book rather than go Either online. Way. I just don't like reading uh, self-education. You can do it at your pace. Uh, you can choose the materials that you want to absorb. There's just there. I don't see any reason whatsoever to go to college unless, as Jason said, you absolutely need it for your chosen career path. So to our emailer, I would suggest that if you should first of all you should decide what it is you want to do with your life. If you want to wallow in your self misery for the rest of time, there'll be plenty of you know you're welcome to do that. But if you want, I think to- that by the way, that wallowing in self misery, I think there's a certain amount of that that's necessary in in times of healing. Um, you know, I mean, it, it it doesn't it's not productive, but I think that that's part of the healing process to some extent. Don't get stuck in it. So what I would suggest is you decide what it is that you want. And if what it is you want does require college, well, then you better work to figure out how to get and go go and do that. But if what it is you want doesn't require college, being successful does not require college. So figure out a way to provide a product or a service to the marketplace that people will uh, voluntarily pay you for, and you'll be fine. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sinkle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Osborne and Ravage. And Mark. (laughs) Ravage is the studio kitty. Uh, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with that program. stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month, we take it in, turn it around, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations across the country to spread the message of freedom and liberty. And uh, so if that's valuable to you and you want to get some perks like access to the Amp Only call-in line, chat room, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com. And if you've signed up in the past few days, do be patient. I will get to processing uh, all of you. It's usually a once-a-week thing, usually on Saturday. I spend hours uh, pouring through the, the amplifiers. No, you poor baby. So uh, let's go to the phone calls here. We're talking about college and whether or not it's even worthwhile. Uh, maybe. Depends on what you want to do with your life. If you want to be successful, you don't have to go to college. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you certainly don't have to go to college. If you want to be an engineer or a doctor, well, you probably have to go to college. Uh, But for the most part, for most people, I think over 90%, and I I don't have the statistics exactly, but I believe it's over 90% of people that graduate college never actually utilize the degree that they graduated college for. Now, so, <laughs> I, I, I want to defend uh, the, the opposing position here for a moment, if I could. Okay, um, we've got to go to the phones. No, oh, terribly sorry. The, uh, th- I knew somebody uh, who ran a magazine, and she, her degree was in something other than what, her, what, what she was doing, running mm-hmm. a magazine. I don't think there's a degree in running a magazine. Um, and she said it was immensely valuable to her. Now... I didn't get to ask a whole bunch of questions beyond that. The the like why right why how um, what do you do you use this to, you know those kind of things. But she felt as though it was valuable to her. So there okay, you go. that's an anecdote. Let's go to Lou in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lou. Yeah, you there. Yeah, you guys already took the word out of my mouth. I was going to say if you want to go into engineering, you better go to college, and uh, oh yeah, you've got to go to grad school now too. Yeah, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, uh, if you want to be a lawyer, go get your head examined. If you want to be a doctor, <laughs> um, you have to go to college. If you want to be an engineer, you have to go to college. 
Um, if you want to play for some big, giant, amazing symphony, likely you should have gone to college for a uh, you know, music degree. At least that seems to be how they all get there. However, I think that if you were a virtuoso uh, by age uh, 15, it wouldn't make a difference. How, you know, but you need, you need college for some things. Now, it wasn't that long ago you didn't even need a college degree to be an engineer. Like my, my grandpa was a big-time engineer for Northrop Grumman. Never, I don't think he graduated from high school. Wow. You still don't. I mean, if you can, uh, you know, it's just easier to get a job because in order to get through the resume sifters, you know, they want to see specific keywords, and they'll hmm. throw it in the trash if they don't see, you know, BSEE or whatever on uh, there. Are there but, apprenticeships available? Is there another track that you could take? Uh, yeah, you, you can. Well, Let's say you want to be a technician, you still got to go to college for that, and that's a minimum two-year degree, normally four-year now, and then, you know, you can get in that way. But normally, even when you're an undergrad, you still have to have, you know, it's good to do an apprenticeship. That'll get your foot in the door easier. Uh, yeah, I know but, that uh, uh, as an example of a similar situation, at least in the world of healthcare, we had a caller tell us at one time that, you know, if you wanted to go uh, to school to get into the healthcare world, that you could just get a gig at like a hospital, and then they might actually pay to send you to school. That if you kept working for them and you promised to keep working for them, essentially, that they would pay to put you on a special kind of career track to where you would actually not have to pay a dime to go to uh, to medical school. So there are alternative ways to pay for these things and to uh, and to get involved. But once again, only if you need the college for that particular career. And most careers, you just don't. Here's a strategy I would be willing to accept as an employer. If someone came to me without a degree for maybe a a high-tech type job, and they said, hey, Osborne, I'll work for you for two years for nothing. I don't have a degree, but then if I prove myself in two years, then you can start paying me as if I did have a degree. You would save yourself a crap load of uh, money and time by employing that strategy, and I would uh, save some money. That's already being done. They have non-paid internships, and if you ask me, it's just slave labor, you know, because if you've already been through three years of college and you get a non-paid internship, they're still getting productivity out of you, so. Well, it's not slave labor because you've chosen (laughs) to do it. Indentured servitude might be better. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's a tough proposition for someone, though, Jason or Osborne, because, uh, because then they have to live... How do they, I mean, if you're going to sure, work full-time for you, then you've got to, what, get right, a night that, job or that's, something? That's better than going to school full-time and paying out of your own pocket sixty grand a year or whatever the hell it costs right now. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Especially if you're paying for the school nothing yourself. Nothing is a lot more than negative 60000 Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's if you're paying for school yourself versus having your parents pay for you or something like that. Makes sense. And I think that that's absolutely sensible. I mean, that's how I got my foot in the door uh, with the radio business was I was an intern for nine months. I worked for free for nine months, driving a van, setting up banners and hooking up equipment and getting paid nothing. And I was the lowest man on the totem pole, but then there was an opportunity that opened up to do the overnight shift on the weekends, and so began my... uh, my on-air career. Don't you think it's kind of crappy that you take um, that you go to college for all that time and, and get a uh, degree and then and then you've got to do an unpaid in- internship in order to uh, get into the business and you probably couldn't even get the unpaid internship if you didn't go to college. I mean, I, I well, don't that know. wasn't my case, but I'm sure no. some people have that. You mean with like uh, healthcare? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever degree. That's uh, pretty crappy. Yeah. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Tony. Listening in Texas on KTAE. Hello, Tony. Hey, how you doing? Turn down your radio. Tony, please. Tony? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, um, 
I was going to talk about was, uh, you know, what you guys are just talking about, the college and the school. Uh, my parents, they came from uh, actually Taiwan and China, and uh, this was back in the 70s, and they had no college or any educational degrees at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, you know, most people consider them successful. They have a uh, business at a restaurant, and it's they're running for a good 20-some-odd years, and they're making more than, you know, most doctors and stuff, you know about 200,000 a year, so... Nice. It, it, it really depends on, I guess, like what you were saying earlier. I was listening to the radio. <laughs> you had me throwing down. But uh, college is more geared, the way I see it, is that specific careers like, you know, the engineers and doctors and stuff. Because the last thing I want somebody to do is uh, operate operate on me like a doctor without any, you know, classes or anything like that, you know? Sure. And no hospital's going to hire a doctor with... <laughs> With no classes and no uh, experience, so yeah, right, you're right. right, right. You know, they're not gonna experience, you know, like learn hands-on on how to operate on somebody. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go to school to be successful. Uh, yep. One thing, this is a quote that I, uh, I guess, I stole or heard some, somewhere. It was uh, success. Success is a, the way I define it. Cause that's a, such a loose term. Is uh, joy is the only measure of success. You know, yeah, finding what good. you're most uh, interested in doing and what makes you happy. But Absolutely. Myself, there is no set amount of money that defines success. It's all in your head. You're you're totally right about that. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, I guess in my situation, you know, I pretty much could have aced high school, but I did really good in high school, but I really didn't care for this. You know, to me, it was actually way too easy. At the same time, when I went to college, man, I hated it. Hmm. And uh, now what I do is actually I uh, I run my uh, parents' restaurant. But at the same time, I have uh, uh, rental properties. And hmm. the ironic thing is, with my rental properties is that uh, I make more money than most people make in all of now working 40 hours a week. Don't need a degree to do those things, do you? Right. And you make all that money sitting on your butt, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you collect you know? the rent checks and cash them, and maybe fix you the know? house occasionally. Yeah, I might have to work maybe an hour a month. But, you know, it's the, the front end education that, you know, motivating yourself, doing things on your own, you know, like your own, your own mindset, like you all are saying. Right, and they don't teach you that in college, right? Did they teach no, you that? <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. They, they teach you how to sit there and read their book and do it their way, yep. not be creative, and, you know, just follow by the books. But, you know, you, you don't learn anything new or you know it's a great call so. tony thank you for dialing in tonight we appreciate it 800-259-9231 another example of a self-made man someone who's successful on his own uh it, it uh, i love his definition of success it do, it's not about how much you're making or if you're making no. more than someone else it's about how you feel you know I, 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 here's another thing i've been thinking about in the last uh, couple of weeks is I, I used to be really, I, I am, I really love cars. I'm big into cars and I like them, um, all different kinds. If I had all the cars that I wanted, I would have a, a garage with, a, a, you know, a hundred cars in them. Mm. But wow. I and now they would drive, all be destroyed driving on these New Hampshire roads. Right. <laughs> and I, I drive now drive a little crap box. But that little crap box is worth so little provides me with such freedom because I fear nothing about it happening to the car. I could spill coffee in it. Who cares? Yeah. I could have it confiscated <laughs> by the police. Who cares? 
I've got freedom as opposed to luxury. More on the way. You can chime in here if you'd like. Hour two's coming up. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch in hour number two. It is Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls, and then Mark's got an email he wants to share with us. First, we go to Jeff in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to call up and, you know, kind of change the topic a little bit. But first, let me make a statement about what you guys were talking about. I think, I personally think with anybody with with a high school diploma with a basic... Uh, I guess uh, studies, you know, uh, basic high school diploma. I think that anyone with a high school diploma can be successful by because it basically comes down to this: if something Zig Ziglar said a long time ago, knowledge plus common sense always equals success. So if anybody can, you know, study about a certain uh, topic, you know, whatever knowledge, whatever they want to get into. If you have the knowledge about something, information, and you can apply common sense to that, you can be successful at it. But uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I think Zig Ziglar, anything he says, <laughs> I have uh, all his little quotes are, are awesome, and uh, his work is well worth uh, consuming as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but in any event, the reason I called up, I called up about a topic that was a hot topic at one time, and you know, kind of got a hassle over a little bit, but I want to talk about government pedophiles. And oh boy, yeah, uh, a long time ago. Well, it's, it's still going on, but a former senator. Now, this is all documented. Former Senator John DeCamp of Nebraska um, went public, and, and a bunch of people, well, a few people got arrested about it. Anyways, there was a child sex ring that was operating uh, in Washington D.C., and they were flying children from uh, Nebraska orphanages. Uh, providing children for, for politicians, diplomats, and others for sex. Wow. And uh, there's a video called Conspiracy of Silence that was supposed to air on the Discovery Channel years ago, but then some politicians, you know, people in Congress didn't want to be exposed, and they threatened the cable industry, and they threatened the Discovery Channel not to broadcast it. You can do a Google search and type in Conspiracy of Silence and watch the video. But not only that, I mean, it gets deeper. There were CIA child sex rings that are still operating. And then not only that, DynCorp, uh, which is a government contractor, has been in, involved in child slavery and, and, and child sex in other countries. And this was all documented. Senator, or actually Congresswoman um, Cynthia, Cynthia McKinney uh, exposed that on the House floor in one of her speeches. And I just wanted to, to say that you know, this has been going on for decades, and of course, how this works. It'll probably is, keep going on, Jeff. I don't, you know, I yeah, just, I think. See, what, what this 
You don't believe time. it, Mark? I don't believe it. For, no, I don't. Because I just don't think that there's, um, for one... You don't uh, think people in search of power would use their positions of power to I mean, uh, get their jobs? Yes, this. I do believe they would um, They would do that. They would try to get what they wanted. However, I don't think that... I think that uh, the, the desire, the sexual desire for children is a very is a relatively rare thing. Um, children, children. I don't mean uh, teenagers. Well, and I think that the that most, that the vast majority of people find it disgusting and reprehensible, and therefore, when uh, people in Washington, most of them found out about it, that they would go public as hell with this. Well, see, this is how it works. They, they use, they, they get the, the politicians involved in it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. They can provide a woman or, or a man, for that matter, for sex, and then what? how it works is the CIA then uses that information to blackmail the politicians into doing what they want. And uh, you can go to myspace.com forward slash DJ Blaze blog. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a MySpace now. Excellent. Mark, I didn't know you had a new advertiser. Yeah, MySpace.com. <laughs> All right, no, one plugs DJ enough, Jeff. <laughs> Be good. So, now so, this, these allegations have been around for a while, and I did actually, I think at one time, go to look for that video, and it, it is out there. There, uh, there was even people murdered over this. A couple of people, well, they said that they committed suicide. But. I have to say, it's totally believable. Jeff, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think if you believe this, it shows just how deep and twisted your hatred is for the government. No, I think that what you don't understand, Mark, is how people, uh, you know, how this world really works. And that is that it's not all prim and proper. It's not all flowers and safety. Uh, you know, what you'll find is that, in reality, the football coach really is trying to get with the uh, the cheerleaders. You know, in the real world, the politicians really are a bunch of perverts using their positions of influence and uh, using their positions of power to get their jollies and get their rocks off. They're probably not all pedophiles. I mean, that's not that's probably not likely, but some of them likely are, and uh, there are some interesting allegations out there about it. I I'd like to point out that a uh, cursory glance at Wikipedia uh, looking for this uh, case that this man was uh, referring to uh, states that there was a grand jury convened in 1990 uh, to investigate the allegations, and the grand jury threw it out, labeling the charges a carefully crafted hoax scripted by a person or persons with considerable knowledge of the people and institutions of Omaha. And that's it. I think that what you're what you've seen in the past few years is uh, kind of a an indicator of exactly how deep this kind of thing can go. Uh, you've had then that why did they get the guy that uh, that was IMing uh, fourteen year old boy pa male pages or whatever? I can't remember even his name off the top of my head. Why did they go after him so? He probably stepped across a line. Yeah, I'm he sorry. He probably crossed somebody and they uh, they went after it's him. It's just paranoid, Ian. It's just paranoid. Well, how do you explain the fact that he was making moves on his pages, his congressional pages? He likes young boys. There's at least one then, Mark, right? I don't know. Ian, I wouldn't propose for a second that there's not, oh, I'll go crazy and say 5% of politicians like young people. And, and by the way, that's not children. Those are um, post-adolescent boys. Mm -hmm. um, that 5% that of politicians uh, you know, could possibly like children. Well, then I think that the other 95% would be so appalled that somebody's going to step forward and say something. And if it's not the politicians, some, one of the bureaucrats, these people have children, my friend. Nobody likes this crap. Nobody likes it. This is, it's paranoid kookery. 
You think that they would just tell everybody that they're doing these things? How would they know? How would the other people find out about they're it? They're using the CIA to capture the Look, kids I don't and know bring if them that there. that part is true, but I believe that absolutely... From that, orphanages in Nebraska. I believe absolutely that people who are in search of power and people who, who achieve power use that for ends that most people would find abhorrent and repugnant. We I, know I that think that the use of power in, in and of itself is abhorrent and repugnant. We know the government has been involved, uh, government people have been involved in things like drug dealing before, so why is it so unbelievable that they'd be involved in child sex? Sorry. They're both prohibited products and services. You think that they, they're they happy they're, to deal drugs, but they'll, they'll stay away from little boys? There may very well be a politician or two out there doing that. There is not a system. Is not I don't systemic. know what there is. I don't. I don't presume to know that. I haven't done the, you know the digging that Jeff has done. I haven't seen this Discovery Channel special. So I, I I did say I looked for it and I did find it, but I didn't take the time to uh, to actually watch it. Uh, but if you want to ca- chime in on this, you're welcome to at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark's just you know he's in a system of a state of disbelief over this, and I'm just saying it's totally possible and totally. Jason, believable. what do you think? It's definitely possible, and I don't believe it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, the uh, raid on the Liberty Dollar was intended to stop people from using real money, silver money, uh, as money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now yep, that's true. Uh, the the problem is, you know, like uh, soldiers are taught how to survive in the wilderness, so they know how to do it before they have to. Because, I mean, if you get, like, Scott O'Grady uh, shot down in uh, over enemy territory, mm-hmm. and then you have to learn how to survive in the wilderness, uh, that, that's not a good time to start learning. No, that's not the time and to likewise, take the, the, the class. Likewise, when it comes to using silver as money, we need to ha- be already in practice and up to, to speed with it. So that when we look in the book here, and it says, gee, uh, Mercury Dimes, it says here, contains .07234 ounce of silver, each one. That's the mint specification. But after they've been in circulation for a while, is uh, you know, instead of uh, $1,000 face value being 723 troy ounces, it's really more like 715 troy ounces. We need to have the math already there and the way to put these into circulation and get get some experience with these is to use them as tips and to drop uh, mercury dimes uh, and franklin half dollars and such in yeah, the more silver baskets. the more silver you can use uh, in society i think the better we'll be off thank you tom more on the way you take control it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy them, including the updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables, showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. To learn more, that's KnobCreekRange.com. 
We'll continue with the phone calls in just a moment here. But I want to make something clear, Mark, because you incredulously looked at me during the break and you said, you don't really believe that there's a child sex ring in Washington, D.C. Look, I don't know what's going on in Washington, D.C. I don't purport to know. I have not done any research on this topic, nor would it really matter to me that much. Well, Occam's Razor would say that if uh, that that, you know, that it would be unlikely, you know, that take take the most likely circumstances. And that's probably it. And the most likely circumstances is politicians are not using I don't think that you can say anything about these people they are they are a very special type of person that the type of person who is attracted to a position like that is very likely to want to use that position to do things that most people would not be able to get away with, but he or she would because they are in that special position. All I'm saying is the claims are believable. I don't think anybody should spend any significant amount of time researching those claims or try to spread the word, just like the conspiracy theorists like to spread their word about whatever it is their issues are. I just find it interesting and, you know, you looked at the the Wikipedia article, Jason, a moment ago, uh, and I'm looking at the same thing here. And you know, there the allegations were uh, were made in the Washington Times and the New York Times. So uh, <laughs> at least you could say, Mark, that there are some credible sources here. And the grand jury, uh, yes, they did dis- uh, decide this was a carefully crafted hoax. Uh, of course, they failed to identify the perpetrators of said hoax. And you know, if you believe that if you believe that the government's all all for the government, then, uh, you know, one could very easily say that there could have been some shenanigans behind the scenes with that grand jury trail. I, I don't know what was going on, and I don't purport to know, I, I, but I, the I allegations made the front page of the Washington Times in uh, 1989. The headline was, Homosexual Prostitution Inquiry Ensnares VIPs with Reagan and Bush. That's because, um, you know, it's an inquiry. They were doing an inquiry. Of course, that's news. But um, I'm, I'm sorry. They I absolutely... alleged that uh, key officials of the administrations were connected to an elaborate male prostitution ring and reported that two of these prostitutes even entered the White House late at night. The allegations included, among other things, the abduction and use of minors for sexual perversion. Right. They alleged it, and then they said it was a carefully crafted hoax. Now, I, That's what the grand jury said, but... What do they know? I, well, they had the, they were the ones that got to see the evidence. Do I think the juries can be uh, twisted? Sure, I do. But uh, it, it, the appetite for uh, small children is is not uh, very prevalent in society. Period. It's really uncommon. And just because a politician would use their power for sex, and I believe they would, I know I would. I can tell you, if it came down to it, you know, and I had that kind of power, I would probably use it for whatever means it was that I wanted. Money and sex, those seem pretty high on the list of things that I like. Um, But why would a person get into politics in order to get a hold of kids? I can see why they would get into scout mastering. I can see why they would get into Little League. I can see why they would get into daycare. I cannot, however, see any correlation at all for a person who is that motivated for uh, you know sex with small children to be in politics. Maybe they just know that they'd be immune Use from prosecution. reason, my friend. Reason tells me that people that are in search of power are sick effers, and they're willing to do sick things like that. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Brent in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brent. Brent in Michigan. How you doing, guys? Hello. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to point out a few things about this uh, Franklin cover-up. That was an actual uh, front page of the New York Times, or uh, Washington, whatever newspaper it was. Washington Times. 
Right. They had the credit card receipts. Uh, they were definitely underage kids, not necessarily small children. They were homosexual, 14, 15, 16-year-olds. But I encourage your uh, listeners to check out Kay Griggs, G-R-I-G-G-S, uh, her interviews. Fascinating stuff. What? And can you give us the executive summary for those of us that you know don't have time to do that? Uh, her husband <clears throat> was a uh, Colonel George Griggs, and uh, basically, you've heard of the old uh, tail hook scandal. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something about that. I mean, it's there's like three hours of interviews, but they're all cut up. You can watch as many as you want. And uh, I just say there's more to it than what uh, what meets the eye. And these guys, uh, well, like after 9-11, uh, Interpol furnished a list of 5,000 child pornographers to the U.S. government, uh, you know, when they opened up the extra surveillance activity. And it uh, turned out 3,500 of these individuals worked with children. And that's what you find is pedophiles tend to put themselves in a position where they can... Uh, I believe you know, that. There's no I mean, doubt about that, but Mark is suggesting that being a politician doesn't necessarily put you in that position. Right, well, it doesn't, no, definitely doesn't put you in a position where you have access to children on a daily basis like so many other positions do. Any right. thoughts there, Brad? Uh, definitely, uh, just the fact that they can blackmail someone who's involved in that. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, people need to take another look at this. Uh, in Florida alone, there are like 3,000 children that the uh, Child Protective Services cannot account for. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, check out the Arabs. I mean, the Arabs are buying these kids. Uh, you know, a lot of these girls... Why, who come now, why would the Arabs, just out of curiosity, why would the Arabs buy kids from the United States when kids from, uh, say, Russia uh, would be less trackable and uh, easier to get a hold of and less, far, far, far less dangerous? Kids from... And I'm just assuming you have an appetite for white children. What about, uh, you know, Southeast Asia? Dear God, it's got to be easy to pick up oh, kids sure. there. Sure. Hey, you can go to Mexico I'm sure, and buy one. Or, or more importantly, it's going on everywhere. It's the proliferation is, is terrible. I mean, look at Tom Foley. I mean, he's sure he's an example of a, of a dumb pedophile who who just got a little crazy. And I mean, he was actually busted by the Department of Homeland Security. Tom um, Foley. Operation. I don't. That name doesn't ring a bell. What was that is story? It, wasn't that the the guy with the pages? Was it Foley? Was uh, he was the. Uh, let's let's see here, United States ambassador to Ireland, senator in in Washington State. He was the ambassador to Ireland. You said. Yeah, he's held a lot of positions over the years. And, and what did uh, he get busted for? Uh, he's the one who was uh, uh, instant messaging his pages, and you know, basically, he would hit on anybody he felt was homosexual. And, and you know, whatever people want to do is fine. But th this kid was young, you know. Right. Thank you for and, the call tonight, uh, Brent. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So maybe the fact is, Mark, that what we're dealing with in this in this story is that the allegations are calling it a child sex ring, but maybe what they mean by that is a teenage boy sex ring. You know what I mean? Maybe because people call pedophiles, uh, you can be yeah, labeled yeah. a pedophile if you like a you know fourteen year old boy, even though that's not accurate. It's just in in society, people labeled this uh, pedophile in with uh, an amphibophile. Which is someone who likes teenagers. It certainly makes it uh, more realistic. More believable for you? Uh, I'm not saying I believe it. Politicians would abuse their I, positions of more, power? More realistic. Because they are definitely in touch with teenage pages at fairly frequent uh, occasions.
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right, no longer uh, working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster and forever and then check out notfatanymore.com. Let's go to your... You're not going to sing the jingle this time? Notfatanymore.com. There we go. (laughs) Now, you did it, though, right, Jason? I did. I'm still on it. Well, I took a two weeks off for traveling and stuff, but I, I did. I lost about thirty pounds in a month. I have to say, you looked a little more slender when I uh, saw you walk up for the first time. Working on it, hoping by Pork Fest, I'll be uh, looking good for the ladies. Very cool. Let's go to your phone call, Steve in Corona, California, listening on KCAA. Hello, Steve. Yeah. Hi. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? In regards to uh, the um, the child rings, uh, uh, the kidnapping, and that. Um, who you might want to listen up on, and I, I've seen a couple of deals, uh, but 10 years ago plus I went to one of these talks, and former head of the FBI at the Los Angeles office, Ted Gunderson, um, had followed up on these investigations of these uh, child porn rings and that, as well as the kidnapping done by government officials and that, and he was all over this subject matter, and it was something he'd never investigated up until he got involved after the McMartin pretrial uh, the deal of the uh, the preschool that the kids were, you know, talking of they'd been taken down into tunnels and all kinds of foul things done to them and that. Yeah, and it all got it dismissed either. as these kids were hallucinating and making stories up on that. Yeah. And he dug, he hired a professional archaeologist, and they dug, and they found the tunnels under the building, and they'd been bought by somebody else and that. And then it well, was hold up, be before you go hired farther, an archaeologist. Before you go any farther, wasn't the McMartin uh, preschool case in Florida, down South Florida? No, it was right up here in South Bay of uh, Southern California here. Over I'm thinking of a different the, case uh, then, I guess. Yeah. Now, Janet, and, and Janet Reno did not prosecute that. Is that correct? No, this is, this is back. Oh, geez. Now, is this different from the, the, uh, the Franklin case? Is this a California case? That you're this talking? was a California case of, of um, the grandmother, I'm trying to remember her name, and the grandson uh, that were involved, and they ran a preschool over here, like Redondo Beach area. Mm-hmm. And uh, these, you know, just dozens of kids that were all saying pretty much the same thing. And, you know, it was a long, drawn-out deal. And, and what were the allegations? The, the kids were alleging that they were touched by whom? Uh, that uh, just various people, not not just the, the, the teacher and the grandson, although there was a lot of allegations against the grandson, but descriptions of other people. I mean, the stories just ran so wild and vivid, and they're just dismissing it as, you know, these kids are all whacked. But they're all telling the same thing. 
And uh, well, kids so, have know, certainly been known. To, and, kids have certainly been known to make up some stories, but nonetheless, it's also I think easier for people to look at a a story like that and just dismiss it out of hand because it seems so unbelievable, because it seems so awful. I imagine many people when they first started hearing about the stories of the Catholic priests uh, touching and molesting the kids in their uh, their churches, I imagine they brushed that off too because well, well we know Father Johansson and he's a good man and he would well, never yeah, do but, something but like that. I mean, where does a four-year-old child learn in such numbers? I mean, all of these kids, where are they going to learn about pornography, devil worship, uh, this touchy-feely stuff going on? I mean, this thing ran wild. Where was it? What was the, uh, the case called again? Uh, the McMartin pre-trial uh, is what it ran into. All of it, uh, I think, are very interesting allegations. You know, I, I don't recommend anybody spend significant time looking into it because, again, it comes back to the issue of kind of conspiracy theory is, you know, what can you do about it? Not much. Because, obviously, even if the... Uh, even if there was some really good evidence out there, people don't want to believe that things like that go on, and you can hear well, that the, right the here. The problem being is that, I mean, the media control in that, and my whole thing is, is that, you know, where does credibility pick up? And if you've got a former investigator, a former head of the FBI, and he suddenly decides, you know, I'm going to look into this thing, he was asked, and he starts looking into it, and he starts finding evidence, what does that tell you? I mean, what has this guy got to gain by going out on a limb of saying, well, I'm going to believe these little kids he runs the risk of looking like a nutcase that much is true great call thanks for making yeah, appreciate it 800-259-9231 well James, he also has the possibility of making a big name for him so yeah sell a book a or two and, yeah and uh you know the in, in the case of the miami uh, uh the sex child sex ring that was going on the janet reno prosecuted they found out to be completely fabricated um the, you know police officer grant uh, snowden uh, who spent 11 years in the um uh, spent 11 years in florida prisons until uh, the court finally overturned his conviction so it so there was another case in miami yeah it's crap this is i'm, I'm sorry there there is not say that, that it's just the, the likelihood of a satanic cult out there uh, molesting your child is so minimal oh i don't know about the satanic cult allegations but i believe that that there are some sickos out there that sure like there to are touch some sickos kids. but the, i think that it's overblown how many uh people uh, you know how people believe that children are molested i'm not saying that i think that in every case that this isn't so but if if somebody's molest if somebody molests a child it's their uncle, it's their stepfather, it's their mother, it's somebody in their family. So, or their priest. A, a stranger, very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Can't say it's never happened. Certainly it has, but, you know, let's, let's, let, let, let's not see boogeymen around every bush. Here. Laura is on the line in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Laura. Ladies first. Hi there. Hey, what's hey. on your mind tonight? I love listening to you guys. Hey, I wanted to make a comment about that McMartin preschool case out in, color, uh, out in California. Yeah. Okay. This is my understanding of the situation uh, by having heard another, another report on it. Uh, a lot of the children are adults, and they have come forward and stated that they were led by the psychologist that was working for the district attorney's office into saying a bunch of those things. Mm. And... Um, a lot of them have come forward as adults. Now, this was a woman and her son. The son was 21 years old. They had a pretty good-sized preschool going. Mm -hmm. They had other people working in there. And, you know, I, I don't know about the other end of it, where there was tunnels or anything like that. But what I do know is when they, the home was searched or the preschool was searched, it was these people's private home that they were running the preschool in. Right. And they found a Playboy magazine and a pair of women's panties 
in the bedroom of the 21-year-old son, and Dear that God. is what they based that entire case on. So why were they going after these people? Why was the uh, the district attorney, why did he have such a hard-on, so to speak, for uh, for these particular individuals? What was that? Well, you know, I, I can't really say. I, this has been many years since I heard about this, but... Um, it seemed like there was certainly an agenda going on as far as trying to prosecute these people. Definitely, and sounds it like destroyed that. their lives. I mean, it completely destroyed the lives of every person that was involved in oh, it. That's tragic. Notice well, how you changed your story, by the, the way, mother, Ian. When, her when name it's, was Virginia uh, just, just McMartin, and her son—I can't remember what his name was. He was the 21-year-old, but uh, I don't know if it started out with a preschooler going home and making up stuff because mm. they'd seen their parents involved in sex. I don't remember what sure, the exact sure. beginning of it was. But then the prosecutor decided he was going to make a big name for himself, and, uh, and he started making stuff up, basically. Huh? It, turned into an, uh, it turned into a witch hunt, wow. literally, okay? And they claimed that all these people were involved in satanic ritual abuse, and, I mean, it just completely destroyed the lives of every person that, they, that the mm. uh, DA's office encountered. And... Uh, as far as I know, after it was finally all over with, the woman and her son both have lived in seclusion for more than two decades. I believe it. Yeah. Completely back in the woods, away from everybody, oh, because sad. it totally destroyed their lives. Thank you for the and call, the, and the I appreciate you updating on this, uh, that, Laura, 800-259-9231. Do you see how you've changed your tune? When it's politicians, you believe it out of hand that they're doing this. Where, however, when it's Well, two, politicians are scum of the earth. When it's two people who you have no references on whatever, you don't know anything about the story, you immediately assume that it's not true. You assume that people who are um, engaged in you know, the free market are good, and people that are engaged in politics are bad. Pretty much true. And this kind of hatred, this kind of blind hatred, is what makes you uncredible. No, there's no blind hatred. I hate politicians for good reasons. Yep, they're but, scum. But you it, think this that happens they're time kids. after time, Mark. These prosecutors, they need to get reelected. Their their job is on the line, so they come up with these ridiculous stories with. Uh, uh, suspects that don't have people that will come up to defend oh, them. I don't believe the story. Every time. I don't believe it for a second. I also don't believe that the politicians have some kind of sex ring where they take little boys into Washington and molest them. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sankle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system uh, and the archives and all of it. We give it away, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then... You can go and buy some stuff at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. You can buy virtually anything, uh, 41 categories to shop in, new items, used items even. Whatever you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut if you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy. Hello, fellas. How's it going? Hey, what's Good, on your mind? I was uh, wanting to talk about uh, something. Kind of caught me in the middle of something, but okay. Are you still there? That, I mean, you that. called us. Hate pull, to disturb you, Jeremy. Pull, pull your pants up still and uh, talk to us for a moment. Oh, I think he accidentally <laughs> hung up the phone. <laughs> is he gone? I'm here. I'm He's here. Still, oh, there I'm he is. Sorry. <laughs> He's 
Just having a little too much Hello? to drink tonight. Hello. Go ahead, Jeremy. Hey, sorry about that, guys. All right, get her done. What'd you call for? Oh, uh, I was calling to say, um, you know, um, one night I was on hold for you guys, and uh, all of a sudden two cops come marching up my driveway. Evidently someone had uh, thought it was a good April Fool's joke to uh, pretend they was me and have the cops come over here. If they're listening, I just want to tell them I don't find it very funny. We don't either, Jeremy. It wasn't me, Jeremy. I'm at my house, really. I mean, unless I really need a light. Someone's breaking out windows or something. So and what else can... is going on, Jeremy? What else do you have to share to, uh, with us tonight? Um, looks like uh, I'm fixing to be uh, getting a lot better place. You're moving on, moving up, moving up in the world. Excellent. Uh, m- moving up somewhere. I don't know where, but... Now, that's kind of a problem. You kind of have to know where it is you want to go in order to get there in the first place, Jeremy. Probably, you might want to consider actually having a plan for your life. It really helps. That was kind of what we were talking about earlier. I do have a plan. I just don't want to share it on air. Ah. <laughs> then why'd you call? Uh, <laughs> He's drunk. He dies us. I Thanks mean, for the call tonight, uh, dude. I Appreciate it. Guys- All right. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Rhonda in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Rhonda? She that sounded up. like a, a click to me. Rhonda going once, going twice. Hello. Hello, oh, there Rhonda. she is. How you doing? What's on your mind? Good. I was uh, just listening to your discussion there. Uh, I wondered if either one of you had heard about what happened down at the uh, Texas Youth Center was last year, I think. The Texas Youth Center. Oh I man, don't know. I do remember this sort of in the in, in the news. What is what happened? Yeah, evidently uh, they was. Uh, prostituting children out there at night and beating them and drugging them and the people that ran the place they called themselves the untouchables <laughs> and a, a texas ranger had tried <clears throat> had tried to uh get some justice done for a long time they finally took it to the media and they ended up firing everybody there to make them reapply again most of them had criminal backgrounds but uh, i don't know if people are aware but these uh of course you know there's a time and a place for everything and if if a child is actually being abused, then, you know, somebody should step in. But CPS basically is getting uh, grant money to run around and, and take people's children away from them, you know, and they'll come up with any good excuse. And then they put them in these hell holes like the Texas Youth Center and rape them and drug them. One poor kid was in there for six years for breaking a window out. Mm. So is the government running the Texas Youth Center, the Texas government? Well, I... Uh, I'm sure it's a government state agency, That's don't what you? it sounds like. I wasn't sure. I figured I'd ask you. You might know better than, uh, than I would. Yeah, it's a state-run agency, and that's the problem, see, you know, is, is uh, these people that get in positions of power, they don't, they, uh, you say, what, what can it benefit them? My gosh, look at the money that's being made. You know, you create a problem, and then you say, oh, gosh, we need more money to, to take care of it. They're taking babies away from people, and, you know, it used to just be the lower uh, class, you know, but but uh, and like your your other guests or your other callers spoke before, I mean, uh, you say why w- why wouldn't they just go get a you know some other baby in Somalia or something? Because I from what I understand from my research is there's a premium on uh, white children, white kids. Well, well, but I did mention uh, in in that particular instance, I I asked about 
Croatia or uh, Russia or one of these other places where the kids are white. Yeah, but then you got to get them into the country. I mean, as far as the uh, the action going on here in America, it'd probably be easier yeah, to pick as them up I recall from uh, these, the government the, the, services. The, the Texas Youth Center one, as I recall, and I'm a little little fuzzy on it, but that they were drugging the kids in order to keep them, you know, uh, complacent, and they were uh, that. Members of the staff were having sex with the kids, and certainly other kids were having sex with kids. But I don't remember any part about prostitution in that story that I read. Well, that's I, I, what I read. I did read that. And uh, what really amazed me, gentlemen, was how little publicity it got. Hmm. You know, why, You'd think where, the media would be all, all over that. Absolutely. That just tells you, who are they protecting? I don't know. You know. That's a little too conspiratorial for me. I don't know what the excuse is for that. Perhaps they just thought it was too icky for their audiences. That might have simply been it, uh, too adult uh, for, for the mainstream audience. That's just a speculation on my part. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Now, of course, that story doesn't allege any politician's involvement, but nonetheless, interesting that she brought it up because it is uh, something worth talking about when it comes to abusing children, and that is that the government's child protective service organizations in the various different states around the country have time after time been found to be involved uh, the, some of the individuals that uh, that work for those CPS organizations have found to be involved in some really sick stuff. Now, I certainly wouldn't disagree with this. I I, I think that Child Protective Services is, uh, you know, uh, uh, on top, uh, a complacent agency um, that, uh, you know, does little good. Or, yeah, I'm sure they do some good in some cases, but, you know, a lot of times they just mess up families. How And I I think that many of the people that are in it you know, probably uh, some of the people in it would would want to use their uh, power to you know get whatever they can out of the deal, and some of those people would want sex with kids. Well, there was that guy in Florida. The Systemic w- is the term that that I've been pounding on here. One of the administrators, I think, it was one of the administrators in Florida for uh, Child Protective Services, yeah, for whatever it is they call it. Wasn't he uh, caught looking into meeting some little boy on the internet and then killed oh, yeah. himself? Yeah. Yeah. So he was at the top of the organization. Not so systemic. If you look at the, uh, if you look at how the scum sort of rises to the top in government, I think, I think that makes a point to uh, to what I was saying earlier that it's likely that the, some of these politicians are involved. To what extent? I don't know. How many of them? Hard to say. Does it matter? Can we change those things? No. We just have to get rid of government and uh, have a voluntary society, and then these people won't have power over other people's lives anymore. Whatever it is they're doing, it's bad news. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Lee in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Hello. What's on your mind? Hey, Lee. Um, when I was in high school, uh, we moved to another state from Montana, and... Um, I kept hearing stories about this uh, one judge, and a couple guys got MIPs after a football game. and MIP? Minor in possession. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And uh, that's what they called them then. I don't know what they call them now. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble, kid. Anyway, um, don't go into the back room with uh, Judge So-and-so. Oh, boy. Wow. And I said, why? They said, well, we call him Stump. I said, why do you call him Stump? So they told me the joke. I'm sure you've heard the joke, if not. Is it's, it radio uh, friendly? No. Yeah, it's not. you know, if you go camping and you woke up uh, after you got drunk that night, woke up over a stump, would you tell anybody? Hmm. And if you go no, no, you go, hey, let's go, you camp go camping. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the joke. Good, good high school joke. But anyway, the uh, thirty-four years later, when I moved back, it was still going on. 
make you a little deal. You get a little MIP, come in the back office, we have a little talk. Mm. You're all good. Um, There's no way that stuff will ever come out. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people knew this. Right. And those stories, they they stay underground. People talk amongst themselves, but nothing can ever really be done about it because these are people in positions of power and they're virtually unassailable. Right. That's right. He was the J. Edgar Hoover of the neighborhood was what it amounted to. He had files on everybody. If you want to bring out dirt on me, I got more on you. And yuck. Mm. So it goes on that way. I know that, but... Now, now, I, I, I can totally go. see what you're talking about here, Lee. And oh, when Lee, Lee calls in, it's believable. Right. Because I, I like Lee. Because he's an advertiser. I like Lee. you got to figure it out, Mark. <laughs> now, now, let me, now, <laughs> now, Lee, what, what we're talking about here, it seems clear to me, is that, uh, you know, the judge has got some files on the police chief and a couple of the uh, upper ranks of the uh, police department. May yeah, not be who anything, knows what they're up to? May not be anything big or important, but I'm sure their wives would like to know. And, uh, you know, therefore, no cop on his own can go out and run an investigation to do this, sure, however well. much they might like to do that, because yep. their bosses will get their can their butt. Well, thank you for the call, Lee. And, and you know what? Who knows what the cops are doing that the, the judge has the dirt on? What's the dirt that he's not got on the cops? Not every cop is dirty. No, not every one of them is, but there are plenty of them. More yeah, on and, the way. And the, the ones that aren't would love to catch this judge. And the ones that are at the top are always the dirtiest, like the sheriff. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free, so enjoy it. freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Devin in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Devin. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just kind of interested in commenting on uh, this theory of Christian anarchy that was brought up last night. Yes, Gene, the Christian anarchist, called in to, uh, to give us the basics of Christian anarchy. Yeah, the, the Christian conspiracy of Jesus or whatever. Uh, it's just like like Jesus is an anarchist. That's kind of stretching credulity a little bit, isn't it? I why, mean, why, do you say, why do you say that? Well, it's like his first answer. Like, should we pay taxes? Yep. Well, right I, under Caesar. No, wait a second. The, 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 um, here, here's another way to interpret that that I have heard and I think is has some credibility. Is that um, you know the, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus at night and they stole away to to speak to him in hopes to catch him in his his words and they said Jesus, why would they ask him this question in the first place if he wasn't an anarchist? Should one pay one's taxes? And Jesus answered, Render under unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And render unto God what is God, or something like that. Now, is that an answer to the question? No. There. What's the question? It, right. It, it, he dodged the question artfully um, to some extent, and I think that it's. Uh, you know, I, think I think it's a clear advocacy of private property. Yeah, if you've got Caesar's property, you should give it back to him. Right. Right. Yeah. Give Caesar what's Caesar's. Well. So, people have to trade in the money that's available to them on the market. Right, too, but the, the money on the market isn't Caesar's, though. He you also then turns around, okay, let's, okay, let's drop that. Then let's say like he's being <laughs> cool about that. Then what about like, sell everything you own and give the money to the poor? 
Well, you know, there's um, the, the, first off, uh, not every anarchist is an anarcho-capitalist. Um, no, I wouldn't true. say they have to be. But. There's many of dirty, dirty hippie anarchists out there that believe that uh, you know that you are you, you don't own your stuff, that your stuff owns you. And I, uh-huh. I, I think that there's nothing, you know, that 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 still does not, uh, t- to me, dissuade, um, you know, J- Jesus, you know, dissuade my thoughts that Jesus might have been an anarchist. Well, it makes him a socialist of some sort anyway, nah, thinking I, that you should take everything you own and give it away to everybody it's else. It's advice. And, it's not. You give, it, socialists oh, okay. only coerce. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. You, you're now, by the way. I don't think I, I don't I, I don't agree with the Christian philosophy. I think that uh, Christianity today I don't know about Christianity back then. I'm sure it was completely different. But Christianity today, I find harmful to people. Um, well, that's I think why that, I think you can poke holes in these things. People come up and say on the show sometimes a little better because I know you know the Bible a little bit, Mark. You know, so well, no, I mean, some I, of this stuff is kind of crap people say on the well, show. Now, sometimes. now I've, I, for one reason, I don't go after um, Gene's uh, uh, version of Christianity is because there's no coercion in it. Um, and, and he's, he's not one of those Christians that believes, for instance, that, uh, Noah floated around in the ocean for, uh, you know, an entire year with a boat full of animals. Um, if you'd need a, a, three more boats the size of the boat he was on just to feed the animals that was on, that were on that boat. Well, how, how about this then for poking a hole in Jesus's, uh, let's say libertarian or, and or anarchist principles that he throws a tantrum at the temple then attacks the merchants and throws them out even goes out and makes a scourge so he can whip them with it i'm sure jesus Jesus whipped somebody yes jesus probably thought um that uh jesus that's his house right uh, not really. Well, not, not from your <laughs> or my definition, but perhaps from Jesus' definition, he is, after all, the Son of God. It's his house. He can drive anyone out of his house he wants. Would would you be wrong for driving uh, you know, uninvited guests out of your house uh, with a scourge? You know, there's some crazy guy that shows up at a temple, though, and starts, you know, attacking people. For oh, I didn't say Jesus was sane. I said Jesus was an anarchist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I just don't, it's just not worth my while to debate over a silly old book. In the same way, I don't really want to debate well, with true. a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to debate with Gene, who is friendly to our viewpoint uh, over his belief system. It's right. really, okay. you know, it's okay. much easier. It's much easier to debate with a Christian that wants to get on the air and tell us how to live our lives. We'll tear that person apart. But okay. Gene doesn't want to do that to us. So we respect Gene, and uh, if he wants to make the claim that Jesus is an anarchist, he, he's got some things to back it up. But then again, it's an old book, and you can find all kinds of things. I think That's there was one true. point at which uh, I remember I was reading on the American Atheist website a decade ago uh, some quotes, some interesting sort of contradictory quotes, and there's a, there's one point I don't have it in front of me, but to paraphrase essentially Jesus says, I come not to bring peace but a sword. They always call Jesus the Prince of Peace. Well, what's that quote supposed to mean? So there's in all kinds of contradictions. The word of God is called a sword. Back back a warrior too and stuff. But one point I want to make though is this religion doesn't give people enough credit for, for to do the things that they can do themselves. Absolutely true. I mean, it just it takes it just strips that away from people, saying that well, I have to rely on this you know imaginary thing in order to do these good things and to maybe create something better or something. But it's like. Uh. Well, I guess get tired of that. People yeah, well, the idea that people need to have some arcane set of rules uh, to which to adhere their lives to in order to pass some sort of litmus uh, test to live the rest of eternity in some uh, wonderful place is really, you know, it's pretty ludicrous. But apparently a lot of people are looking for that level of security. Otherwise, it wouldn't be as popular as it is. So, you know, we all know, I, I presume you know this, but I mean, it's pretty much knowledge amongst the people sitting here that uh, religions were created for the purposes of controlling people. No, I don't uh, know that Jason necessarily agrees with that. Oh, really? I, no, I, I'll, I'll buy into that. 
Okay. That's what I think. I think government religion kind of gone hand in hand throughout history is trying to control everyone, and I yep. don't see that religion as being any more valid than the governments that have come up. I'm with you 100% on that. Thank you for the call tonight, dude. We okay. certainly appreciate it, Devin. 800-259-9231. Just because I don't think religion is valid doesn't mean I'm going to jump down the throat of a religious person who's on my side as far as uh, stopping coercive interaction between human beings. If somebody believes in voluntary society and voluntary interaction, I don't care what their personal belief system is. Right. Now, I've got a religion. It's, it's largely made up, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's my own, and, and I've decided to believe it. it. It's called science of mind if you want to take a look. But... The you know the, the I don't want somebody jumping down my throat every time I bring up my religion or some kind of religious belief. Now, if I'm trying to to force it on them or something like or being sanctimonious, fine, good, then I deserve it's open it. Season, sure. But every time I open my mouth, this is the sort of uh, uh, you know, anarchist evangel uh, excuse me uh, atheist evangelism that I don't want to see. I it, it it's annoying to me. All right, so Jason, what is your religious viewpoint since we have you here? And Mark sort of alluded oh, to. Oh yeah, put me on the spot. Good. Yeah, please uh, uh, get close to the mic too. I, I'm kind of in line with Gene, the Christian anarchist. I, I am for the Jesus myself. Oh, interesting. And uh, I think he's an anarchist. And you support the show, and neither one of us are Christians. That's right. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't need you guys to believe in the Jesus to uh, spread the message of if, freedom. If, if in fact, which is um, the Jesus message. If, 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 if the if heaven is the and hell are the way the Bible um, suggests, and I end up in hell um, later on, will you sw- uh, fly across the lake of fire and put a drop <laughs> of water on my tongue? Tell you what, I will if I can, bud. Thanks. <laughs> That'll be the best drop only of water you take on your shirt. That'll be awesome. Uh, All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You gonna let me get to my email? Yeah. Why don't you get to your email then? We're all out of calls. We we have had call after call after call tonight. Well, child sex does bring out the calls, apparently, <laughs> when it comes to politicians. So I wanted to get to this email especially tonight because Jason's here, and he has a Ph.D. in economics. Okay. And this is from a uh, nice guy who uh, decided to amplify the program um, as a result of a couple of nights ago we did a special amplifier podcast. And for those of Dude, you... My AMP email box has 40 emails in it. Normally okay. it has 20 at this time of the week. For those of you who uh, listen on the broadcast, is available at freetalklive.com, and it's another way of delivering the show, unlike radio. Uh, and our podcast listeners are extraordinarily loyal and very valuable to the show. If it sounds like I'm complaining, I'm not. I'm just letting no. you know that I've got a lot of them, so it may take a little while to get through them all. Um, so he writes to me, because I'm the same one. Dear Mark and FTL crew, I'm sending this to you, Mark, because it sounded like the extended show the other day was your idea. And you're the sanest one around. No, not just <laughs> even <Yeah>. though. <laughs> even though it was mainly an infomercial, um, which I think is a, a completely unfair characterization, Brandon. Um, there was more than half of that show was co- uh, content, and and the other half was talking about uh, the amplifier program. But either way, it was enough to get me to 60, become 40. an amplifier. It wasn't because of your attempted guilt trip. Ha! Every podcast. Told you that wouldn't work. And here's here is the kicker phrase that I want you to hear. Every podcast host. I've saved the kicker. Moments away, we'll get to the kicker. 800-259-9231. We'll find out what he has to say. I have no idea. You said he emailed this to me, but it's probably in those 40 emails, so I haven't read this yet. Uh, you bring up anything, take control of the airwaves, toll free, whatever you want to talk about. Issues, religion, podcasts, anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. This is SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit the wiki pretty much as much as you want to. It's like the listener editable version of our website. So go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. It's free. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose which event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. All right, so Mark, you had an email come in, and the guy was talking about podcasts? What? Well, you just started it, right? What? Yeah, it, it, it's uh, um, fresh from the beginning here. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to make one point on uh, on what he'd had to say. He goes, I'm sending this to you, Mark, because uh, it sounded like the extended show the other day was your idea. That was part of the podcast. If you're a radio listener, of course, you missed it. You'd have to... Uh, you can download it yep. from freetalklive.com. We went an extra hour after the uh, the radio show ended. Even though it was mainly an infomercial, it was enough to get me to become an amplifier. It wasn't because of your attempted guilt trip. And I did say, you know, right there, I don't have any problem making people feel guilty about um, amping for the, the podcast. I don't. Radio listeners. Because you have no scruples. I, I, I dis- disagree entirely. And I'd like to talk <laughs> about the um, just that. Every podcast, here's, here's the kicker line that I want to get out here. Every podcast I've seen is free. And I think podcasts should stay that way. Um, it was the fact that you guys are a national radio program that uh, actually acknowledged those of us on the inner tubes and went out of your way to give us a little something extra. So um, mm. the fact that we were doing something uh, for him, you know, he, he felt the uh, he felt the urge to amplify. But it's the statement that every podcast I've seen is free, and I think that podcast should stay that way. I think is entirely flawed. And here's the reason. Okay, podcasts are free because when you know podcasts started, they were basically. Uh, Amateur uh, people getting on and, 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 you know, talking for a little while. They were doing it whenever they felt like it, mm-hmm. however they felt like it, um, usually with poor equipment. Certainly, uh, there's there's better and worse podcasts out there, and there are people that are more regular worse. and less regular. Very few that are as regular and as large as Free Talk Live. It's difficult to get two hours of show content. That's what it is without the uh, the radio ads in it. Two hours of show con- content every single night, six nights a week. Okay. It's the idea that anything should be free. Nothing is free. Now, uh, there's obviously a a little bit of advertising that goes into the podcast. We have our live reads that we do during the show. That's paying for uh, the podcast. And we sometimes will pop in an ad here and there. It's free to the end user. It's free in In that that respect. They don't have to outlay money. You're going to suggest that them having to listen to the ads is how they're paying for it? Is that what you're going well, to Well, uh, that in, in part, but if you want your podcast, it, if you want your podcast to be good, quality stuff, it, the, the people need to get paid. We could not get paid on our podcast, on just a podcast. As a no. nationally syndicated show, that's why we get paid. You would, it wouldn't be worth it to you. Right. So what I'm telling you is that as long as you expect free podcasts, you will get what you pay for. Okay. That that's that's all. I just the economics of, of podcasting. It d- doesn't make any sense to that. There's a lot of podcast out uh, podcasters out there that feel this. Are you way. suggesting that podcasts go to a pay for play model? I'm suggesting that if you expect your podcast to be free, you will get what you pay for. 
That's all. Podcasts cannot make enough money currently. Um, even even the most do- downloaded of podcasts cannot make enough. I don't think do you enough know money. Just just guessing do you from know my experience. The, I mean, because these tech podcasts, I know what it's like to run a podcast, a very successful one. I don't think that you were. Well, look, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make the declaratory statements that you are here. But I can tell you that Free Talk Live may be successful. In your mind, and we are successful in that we're making money and we're continuing to do the show. We're successful from that viewpoint. But when you compare our podcast to other podcasts, we just don't have the downloads. We uh, don't. The tech shows, yeah. these guys yeah. have, like, I don't know, way more than we do. Way, way, way more than we do. Well, and it, so you don't a, think they're selling a, that okay, making in money? A tech show, in a tech show arena, in the same way that they have fishing shows out there and the fishing lure and the mm-hmm. fishing rod sponsors come out and, and sponsor those shows, yeah. it's the only place that you can advertise your fishing rod. It is the only venue. So, yeah, I'll give tech shows um, you know, a little bump. You give them a pass? I'll give them a pass. Okay. Fine. You can make money doing a tech sh- um, a tech show. I I think you're going to have one hell of a time. By the way, uh, starting a tech show and be- and competing with this week in tech at this point, they sure. are a powerhouse. But, them and uh, a few others too. But at an open lines current events show like Free Talk Live that uh, talks about libertarian issues, where are the advertisers? It's much more difficult to sell. What 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 is libertarianism selling? It's not selling anything but your freedom, and you are the only one who can buy that freedom because at this point you're not free. Uh, now we've got advertisers like SACL CAI here, uh, right here in the studio. But you know, there's there are very few people out there stepping up, dropping grands to keep Free Talk Live podcasting and on the air. But they should. That they absolutely <laughs> should. And and I, I, th- this attitude of and I've heard it many many times along the, the route that podcasts are free, and I think they should stay that way. Right. I Who think is this that, guy, the god of podcast. Well, he's he's, he's got an opinion. He's brand. He, that's that's his opinion, and and I think that um, to some extent, like I would never charge for this podcast. I understand where you're coming from. I wouldn't propose that you would charge for the podcast. I think that's a bad. I think it's a bad business model, personally. Right. In the world I like of the business model that we currently have. Right. Because of expectations like that, the vast majority of podcasts are free, and so therefore, by charging for a podcast, you are limiting your audience. Size. But by listening to a podcast, you're being provided a service, and um, you you should feel some obligation in your heart when somebody is giving you a service to do something for that person. That's what I think. And that's why he contributed to the AMP program, right? He did. However, so it works. No, I'm not. I'm not berating him. Do I sound like I'm berating I him? I don't. No, I'm not I'm, saying you're doing that. I'm, I'm just berating saying that the, the attitude, which I believe is uh, that that he that he espoused here, which I believe is extraordinarily prevalent among podcasters because it's such a new and incipient. Uh, so sort what? Of, I don't understand what your objection is about that attitude. The attitude that anything is free, nothing is free, but it's free to the end user. It doesn't cost the end user anything. Their their time in listening to ads. They don't even have to do that. Many of them skip pa- uh, skip past them. We hope that you won't. We hope that you'll understand that we would like you to listen to the advertisers, and if there's something that uh, that you know gels with what you're wanting, that you would patronize those advertisers. And we know for a fact that most of our listeners do that. Uh, so we know that that model works too. But there's no obligation for them to do. No, so. I'm not saying there's an obligation for anything. But if you like podcasts, and he claims in later on that he. Uh, of the 30-plus podcasts I subscribe to, there are a handful of radio programs that get rebroadcast as podcasts. None of them mention that they're, pod, uh, you know, they're podcasts or podcast listeners almost ever. Um, he gets 30 podcasts. You understand? How many people out there can afford to do a general issues podcast and make a living at it? 
I don't know. No one. You okay. can't. You can't. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get people to come in, do a podcast for a little while, mm-hmm. and go out. Good. And then separate the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> how is that separating them? How, how they is go the, away how, eventually. How does the wheat? What's the wheat when there's no money? We're here. We're a radio show. We're not a podcast. Hey, well, if you do your own podcast and you make money off it, maybe you can answer Mark's question. <laughs> but, you know, it's the, not a tech podcast. Te- you mentioned This Week in Tech. They were the ones we got the idea for the AMP program from. Sure. So the, the reason they were taking those micro payments is probably because they weren't doing that well with advertising because they knew they had to go directly to the listeners. And so if you can cut out the middleman and go directly to the listeners and, and it works for you, I think we're anything up, that's worth doing is worth getting paid for. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us, uh, including, by the way, the live streams, broadband version and dial-up version of the show, both free for you. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. In fact, we're going to actually have Jason read his own advertisement now. (laughs) Jason Osborne from Sickle CAI. Oh, my gosh. Hey, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Sickle CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sagal's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. Sagal CEI, check out their banner at Free Talk Live. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. And just one side note, $351. $351 is the number of dollars that you as an American consumer saved last year because of collection agencies. 351 bucks. Uh, so you, I save 350 dollars in a year in the form of lower prices where you buy your goods and stuff. so prices would have been that much higher had it not been for businesses like Sakel. That is correct. Okay. So um, and, and collection agencies are often vilified as the worst of the worst. These people are mean and terrible. And and I've I've never had an, a, a terrible experience with a collection agency, although I have had some call so, me in the past. Some of them are bad, and they the the bad ones to to show you on the news for special reports. Uh, but uh, we we have association uh, uh, in our in our uh, industry just like every other industry, and and there there are good ones uh, just like us. There you go. All right, so back to the issue at hand. Mark, you had an email, and the main uh, the main thrust, as you've pointed out, of the email was the the individual is a podcast listener. Mm-hmm. He is appreciative of Free Talk Live. He's appreciating that we uh, give the podcast away, and he said that he believes that podcasts should always be. Uh, should always remain free. You took objection with that, but I believe that your objection, I think your objection is just as sort of entitled sounding as his. His suggests that, well, he should always have access to free podcasts. Yours says that you should, you deserve payment for the work that you do. No. I do not deserve uh, payment in, in the in the form of for one I don't do anything for the podcast, uh, you know I do a radio show and uh, tangentially uh, you know the the podcast goes out there and and I respect. You said you should get paid though for doing the. No, no, I think that if you want to, if you expect to continue to get podcasts, those people need to get money. 
because otherwise they're just going to come and go and they're not going to produce a show of well, any value. I think value. he understands that. That's why he's sending money via the AMP program, I'm not, right? and, and, I'm, and I'm not vilifying this guy. Oh, okay. I'm saying, um, it, Brandon, I'm saying that there's there's sort of an attitude out there amongst podcast listeners that podcasts should be... Remember, you remember when we first started doing the podcast thing? They were all upset that a radio show would even be doing a podcast. <laughs> Do you remember? Get sure, out of sure. here. You're a radio show. You, you've got people backing you financially. We're just a bunch of amateurs. When we didn't have anyone backing no. us. We, we did it all on our own. And it's, you know, not, I, I guess, you know, I think everyone understands what I'm saying. Nothing's free. You get what you pay for. And sure. I'm, you, I'm with you there. If you like a podcast... I don't want to put anybody on Front Street, but I'm thinking, um, uh, in, in my mind, I'm thinking of Dan Carlin show. Um, you can go to dancarlin.com. He, uh, former advertiser. Yeah, he's former advertiser of the show. He puts a great product out there, at least the Hardcore History show. I, I've never really listened to his Dan Carlin show as much as his Hardcore History, mm-hmm. which I think is an awesome show. And they're, they're struggling to get advertisers. Well, um, they've, they've had some luck with uh, something similar to an AMP program. Great. But uh, I'm sure it's not... We've been doing the AMP program for, what, a long time now, years. A couple years, yeah, and, uh, two or three years. It's pulling in $2,700 now. Close to three. Close you, to 3000 You can't pay. You couldn't pay us with that. I mean, that's that's not – I can't eat on that. That much is true. So um, I'm – And nor are we being paid by it. Either. No, no, and we're not. It, none of that goes there. And that's the reason I, I don't even know what the numbers are entirely. But that's only because we have the ability to sell advertising, and we are on radio stations. If if, if we were just a podcast, then that AMP money would have to go to us. It that would, would be all of it, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the example I'm using with Dan Carlin here is that he, as far as I know, um, it's been a few months since I've talked to him, he's just a podcast. He's putting out the two different podcasts, mm-hmm. and – and I, I don't know their finances or anything like that. I don't ask those personal questions um, of him. But, you know, I, it, like that's a really, really great podcast. It's professionally done. It's awesome to listen to. Um, be sad to see it go away. Yeah. How, how, many, how many does he do, do per week? He does one a week every other show. So Dan Carlin comes out um, once every other week, and Hardcore History comes out once right. every other week. So he's not doing this for a living like you guys are. I think he, I, I think maybe he is. Remember, these guys are in radio, so they want a, a well-produced product. I, I, maybe he has some other, other job. You're going to have to have some other job. I mean, a week for one show? I don't know. I don't propose to know his finances. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but... Um, you know, the, the question you've got to ask yourself is, well, if he does have another job, then how stable is the, the Dan Carlin show? Not very, because okay. he, he, he eats off of his other job. And, you know, this is play money or whatever. It, it, you know, that's a really great podcast. It could go away. The, 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 the mentality that podcasts should be free would cause that. Do you understand? I, I see where you're coming from, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but the reality is... It is a product that is free to the end user, so mm-hmm. inevitably it's understandable why the end user would have that mentality of, oh, great, there's all a bunch of free podcasts, I'll take the ones that sound good and listen to them. If they go away, well, whatever. But the ones that they like the most, I think that you've seen that uh, many of them are willing to to set aside a few bucks and send it there, uh, send it our way or send it to your favorite podcaster uh, to because they do understand, I think, inherently that money is necessary. Mm-hmm. And if the if those podcasters aren't making it clear to their listeners, then that's their failing. If those podcasters are just getting on and doing a show for free and then they're not expecting anything in return or they're not asking for something in return, well, then they're not going to get anything. Well, we, we ask on, people. Wait, wait, wait. We, we ask on a regular basis. Um, we, we put maybe 30 seconds into a, an, uh, mm-hmm. a minute into an AMP commercial every, every 
single show. Right. It's an infomercial like we did the other night that really, really gets people um, to come on board. We see we saw a lot more results from that infomercial than we do on a you know just a regular from sure, the but, regular. But we can't do infomercials. So, and every the week. average person will not beg. Why not? The average person won't beg. Now I'm a salesperson. I've got no problem in begging. Um, and, <laughs> and that's the and that that's well, the too difference. bad for the average person. Okay, I don't care. Let them go away, Mark. It's not. It's a blessed competition for us. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, hold on, dude. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm trying to correct a messed up way of thinking. And the messed up way of thinking is is what has it that oh I'll, I will only donate to uh, organizations that are not for profit. Because they're not for profit. Well, they're not in it for the yeah. profit. And this whole, like, it has to be free thing. No. Free, you get what you pay for. Anything worth doing is worth making a fortune at. If you are the best at what you're doing, you should make a great deal of money doing it. But it, you're going to have to ask for it. If you don't ask for the sale, you're not going to get it. I agree so with if those podcasters aren't asking for it. Too bad for them. I, I, yeah, but how many of the podcasters listen to my show? Almost none of them. However, many, many, many podcast listeners to listen to my show. Therefore, this message that I am giving them is for them, not for, um, a, you know, not for podcasters. Should should a podcast listener who listens to thirty shows a week? of different podcasters give money to all of those shows or only their favorites? I don't think they should feel obligated to do any of that. Good. My statement they aren't. is simply, if you think that something should be free, then you will get what you pay for. Understood. All right, Jason, any thoughts on this? Because he was You're the economics professor, you. right? Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, let the market decide. If uh, someone wants to come up with a business model that says, people pay me for podcasts, then try it out. See if it works. If it doesn't, then, hey, podcast should be free. Right. You you can't start a uh, podcast and charge for it right off the bat. There's That's no way you'd work. ever be able Never to make gonna that work. work. No. You can't start a podcast and then tell everybody it's free and then five years later decide, all right, we're going to start charging. I mean, you can do that, but you're going to see your audience drop off the uh, the face of the earth. And so, yes, it's going to continue to be a free product. I However, think that's great. I, think, I think that there's um, something you could do. You could do, uh, for, for instance, like Dave Ramsey does. Say you do an hour a week podcast or an hour a night podcast, and then you decide, I'm going to do this for money. I'm now going to start producing a three-hour podcast or a two-hour podcast. I'm only going to give away sure, that's the first hour or something like that. Then then the people that were getting something for free continue to get it for can, free. Continue and, to get yes. it for free, and if they want right. to get uh, more, then they can go ahead and uh, pony up. The fact is, offering some Something for free is a great way to build an audience. Is a great way to get people sure. on board. Then you ask them for uh, ask them to contribute, and they do. They may not contribute to the percentages you'd like to see them contribute, Mark. There's always going to be free riders, but that's part of the game, and it's part of what how this business works. And it does work. Even though only 10% give to the AMP program, it certainly is better to have 10% than zero. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Might be able to sneak your call in if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. Uh, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier, as we've been talking about uh, for these past few moments. You don't have to be a podcast listener. In fact, I think we had our very first radio amplifier uh, come on board recently. So cool. it's, it's not exclusively uh, podcast No, once listeners. we get to a certain point, um, and I can't remember what that point is, we're going to uh, cut the amount of uh, commercials that are in the show. Yes, there will, will be a tangible radio. benefit for radio listeners. Right. 
Uh, so we will reduce the amount of commercial time. We can't drastically reduce it simply because it's just a that's the way the business works. Uh, but we will absolutely slice off a, uh, a portion of our network uh, inventory that we run on the air. So there are some benefits to the radio listeners. And, of course, generally, if you just like the whole freedom thing and the liberty message, the fact is we're the only radio show talking about it. There are other shows out there that claim to be libertarian, but anybody that has listened to them for a short period of time, knows that's just not the case. Uh, I'd like it there to be some competition. I, th- I think someday someone's going to figure out that this whole Liberty thing is pretty popular, and then the other shows will jump on board, wherever they are, whoever they are. They probably have yet to, to actually uh, get a gig. But I think eventually you're going to see Free Talk Live sort of similarly-minded uh, shows out there, and I think that'll be a wonderful day. Yeah. Uh, but until then, we're it. So if you want to help us get on more stations, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program for all of three bucks a month. That's the cost of a cup of coffee. In fact, Julia gets, uh, my girlfriend, gets this uh, Starbucks coffee. The smallest one is like four bucks. It's $3.80-something cents. So it's actually cheaper than a cup of, uh, what is it, le- latte? It's a latte? It's a latte, I think is what it is. Anyway, it's darn affordable, and it helps us out because we take that money in and we turn it right back around and invest it into the show and get on more radio stations. I know Mark would like it to be a paycheck for him, but it's just not. So, hey, I've never proposed that for a second. The I able. know you'd like it, though. It's fun to vilify you'd the salesman. Like, you'd Every like it. Every time. Salesmen are bad people. You'd like it if 90% of our listeners gave instead of uh, 10%, and you'd like to get 80% of that 90%, I'm sure. You money-grubbing dog, you. Luckily, I keep it all and uh, do what I want with it. Well, you advertise the show with it. You don't keep it. That's right. (laughs) But uh, I am in control and Mark is not. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, the show. You'll get perks like the amp-only call-in line, chat room and forum, and more. The details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And speaking of the amp call-in line, it's Sam in Texas. Good evening, citizens. I'm calling in tonight to tell you about something truly wonderful we've done here in the city of Dallas. What have you done? We've, We've put in this new red light camera program. Now, it's already underway. We've... We've got 62 cameras out there now, and, you know, this is really for public safety. It, it's truly touching. We are saving lives, okay? Is that right? And, uh, you know, but also it has a side benefit. The, the revenue projection from these cameras just happens to come out for the, uh, the fiscal year of 07 and 08 to $14.8 million. Uh, now, it's important that we make that money for 07 and 08 because the, the program costs $13.3 million over five years. And we just voted to expand uh, to 100 cameras and a seven-year contract for $29.1 million. Wow. Now, um, the red light cameras are, are different um, than the speeding cam- uh, cameras in this respect. Red light cameras, uh, it, it's been shown in, in certain studies that uh, towns will actually shorten the duration of the yellow light in order to catch people in the, um, the middle of the lane and then send them a ticket. Which causes accidents. In most, ru- in, in most uh, you know, states, what the actual rule is for a uh, red light is the light has to be red when your tires cross the line that the, the stop line so being in the middle of the uh, the intersection when the light turns red not against the law mm-hmm. um, and you know towns just lie just lie with these red light cameras however mm-hmm. speeding um, cameras on the other hand have shown that uh, people will just slow down to the speed limit in order to avoid the, the avoid the ticket and so people are avoiding tickets, therefore they're right. not writing as many and right. they lose their revenue. Well, so red light cameras increase revenue, speeding ca- cameras decrease revenue. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you had such a, a negative experience there, Mark. 
Um, in fact, the, the, in our case, they actually increased the length of the yellow light to allow people more time to get through the uh, intersection because our government's just so great. Well, have, <laughs> have they passed legislation um, to uh, to uh, you know to say what the duration of a yellow light should be oh, on a I statewide don't, basis? I don't know about all that. No, but that's because we can just always in. trust our government, right? The results are in. The, uh, the ticket revenue from the cameras for 07 to, to uh, present, taken out to the end of the year, uh, come up to a total of six point two million dollars a huge success i don 't think that 's a success because that's that 's money that people could have used in their um, regular lives how many How many accidents were stopped Oh, quite a few i 'm sure, and you know we are saving lives here now there is some bad news unfortunately, due to a completely unrelated four point one million dollar revenue shortfall we 're going to have to turn off a quarter of the cameras, uh, so we only have to pay support costs on those. But don't worry, you know, it's a, it's a fraction of the $3,800 a month it costs to run one camera. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no need for concern, citizen, because the government never forgets about assets that it's paying for and not using. Uh, and it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. The uh, assistant director of public works said, quote, motorists don't realize this and behave as if the cameras are operational, end quote. <laughs> So, see, obviously, they're not going to notice that the strobe light doesn't go off and uh, that they're not actually getting a ticket in the mail. So, you know, how could they possibly realize the cameras are not working? Well, I think that, uh, I, I think that cameras um, at stoplights actually do, uh, even if they're not working, fool people into believing, oh, I can't run that one. Because every <laughs> once in a while, someone does run a red light, just flat out runs it. Sam, are you okay? You're still a little <laughs> different than normal. Mm. I'm just in a really great mood, citizen. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so, Mark, where, you're in sales. Where do you think they got the $14.8 million revenue estimate? Uh, probably a uh, sales rep. From the company selling the cameras. Yeah. Okay, wait, so that was the thing I was disconnecting from, because there were so many numbers there, I kind of got confused. Okay. You're saying that they proposed that the city would bring in 14 point whatever million, in, million yeah. in one year? Uh-huh. In but they, two years, 07 and 08. And uh, what's happened is the program cost $13.3 million over five years. Now, people have started getting tickets, and they've stopped running red lights, and they've extended the yellow light time. And instead of $14.8 million, they've brought in six point two, and it's just the revenues are plummeting. So now they have a budget shortfall. <laughs> I see. Trying to make up. So and as a result of spending all this money, all this taxpayer money, with the uh, the idea that they were going to make more in ticket revenue, they actually didn't make more, and now as a result, they're in the hole even further. Is that that's the story? That's exactly it. And you know, think about it. The city council members took the the studies home, showing that those revenue projections, and went through them with a fine tooth comb because they're spending other people's money. None of them. Yeah. So Mark, you know. Um, I don't know. You were talking earlier about freedom. That's really what makes freedom the uh, one of the greatest gifts you can get is you can only give it to yourself. Yeah. Thanks for the you call know, tonight, Sam. I'd that like to bring up that there's a, a couple of towns in, uh, I think it's Denmark um, that they've been trying this, where they've removed all the stoplights and all the stop signs in the mm -hmm. town. And what they found is that people drive more slowly, mm -hmm. more safely, and... You know, they just the, – the people get get around. You, We really don't need lights to tell us when to go and when to stop. And uh, I, I don't have any problem with regular stoplights and all that other stuff. I think that there's – you know, they're, they're useful. But they go beyond what 
is useful just simply because that's what government does. Sure. For instance, these uh, left-hand turn red arrows. Madness. They are crazy. You're sitting there. The lane, the oncoming lane, you know, uh, your lane is green. Uh, the, the, lane, the lane next to you, right. you, the direction you're going is green, but you want to turn left across the other lane that's green. But, oh, my God, imaginary cars are going by. You can't turn <laughs> left, citizen. I mean, it, it, back in the old days, it was just a green light. When you had to turn left, you yeah, yielded you to the it. oncoming traffic. Right. Now, oh, you've got to wait until the light, the the uh, left-hand turned arrow turns green for you to go. Well, we're just I starting just run to run them. Yeah, we're just starting to go through them now more often yeah. than ever before. The only problem is when someone's in front of you, sitting there waiting for the imaginary cars. Then you can't do much of anything. No, can't do much. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Short amount of time for Dave in California, listening on KCAA. Hello, Dave. Hi, just let me drop the last few drops of liquid plutonium into my atomic weapon, and then I'll be with you, okay? <laughs> okay, we've like got nothing but time, fine. Dave. I have no idea what you're talking uh, about. Listen, I uh, don't want to uh, sound braggadocious here, but you were talking earlier about... Uh, you remember me? I own the UFO audio video clearinghouse. We talked a number of times on the air. Yeah, you're the UFO nut guy. <laughs> well, I'm not a nut. I think you're the nut, and you owe me an apology, but we'll do that some other time with my 80 million emails. He's, he's sorry, Let me he's tell sorry you a Dave. Story I thought it was 800 emails. Let me tell you a story. Time is short. Sure, 20 seconds. In 1978, seconds. I bought a camera, a video camera, cost me $1,000, and two video recorders cost me 1000 each, hmm. which I put on a credit card. Yeah. My mother and dad asked what you're going to do, and I said, I'm going to go into television. Going back to your iPod and iCast story earlier, my mother and dad screamed that I was the dumbest, stupidest, most moronic person in the world. But they were Let wrong. Thanks that- for the call. We're done. Yeah, Sorry. Go. Not enough time. It's been Ian here with you. And Osborne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Abacore two months ago and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited-time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.